the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Quick shout out to the Freedom Foundation. The Freedom Foundation created optouttoday.com. Why does that matter? Here's why that matters. When you go there, you can opt out of your union. Why is that important? Because it'll save you about $1,000 per year. Put it in your wallet, pocket, purse, whatever. Uh, given Bidenomics, that's real money. Here's the other cool part. The Freedom Foundation helps free you from union bondage. If you are trying to get a government job, you don't have to join a union to get one. If you have a government job, you don't have to join the union to keep it. And if you're not in the union, you don't have to fork over your hard-earned dollars. No, you don't. Supreme Court said that in the Janus decision about five years ago. The Freedom Foundation has been educating government employees since that time. Go to optouttoday.com. That's optouttoday.com. When you get there, you'll see how simple and seamless it is to opt out of your union. Then tell a friend. Give it to five people. Because when you do that, you keep – play keep away. You keep money away from union bosses who monolithically support progressives and crazies. Sorry. It's the truth. Thank you, Freedom Foundation, for your continued support of the Ohio Press Network. All right. This guy is one of my favorite guests uh, every week. Uh, He's author of a wordsmith's work. He's a media law attorney, crisis communications advisor, adjunct professor, prosecutor, former deputy attorney general of the state of Ohio, and somebody who's willing to say, hey, with God, all things are possible. Given the world that we're in right now, that makes me feel a little bit better because I got a lot of heartburn. Mark Weaver, welcome back in. How are you today, sir? Good morning. With God's all, with God, all things are possible, and it's a good, good. It's a good way to start every morning thinking about that. His mercies are new every morning. Amen. And boy, do we need a, a lot of mercy and intervention. Um, I'm one who believes that Jesus chooses to partner with us, so we got to do the heavy lifting. And uh, you know, you do it in courtrooms, you do it at ballot boxes, you do it at town hall meetings. Uh, there's an important uh, series of arguments happening today. Uh, in front of the justices that comprise the Supreme Court of the United States. Mark, what can you tell us about that? I literally took a break from monitoring the U.S. Supreme Court's arguments happening right now. As you know, some pretty extreme political figures are trying to remove President Trump from the ballot. And they've been successful so far in Maine and Colorado. And this case, of course, had to be heard by the U.S. Supreme Court. And the the court took it up pretty quickly. They're hearing it right now. And the question is, how soon will they rule? I think having monitored the arguments all morning, it's pretty clear to me they're going to find that President Trump can be on the ballot, and this was an abuse of the 14th Amendment. But what I'd ask your listeners to look out for is, will it be a unanimous court? Will this issue about going one step too far in hatred of Trump, will that bring together the liberals, conservatives, the Democrats and Republicans on the Supreme Court for a unanimous opinion slapping down this ridiculous decision? It would be nice. I'm not going to hold my breath because I'm afraid that I would eventually end up expiring. Um, 
if there is a unanimous decision, it could be something that everybody coalesces around. But okay, so here's a, an in the weeds wonky question. Nobody's ever going to go, why are you asking that question? Because I'm just curious. So if it isn't unanimous, those dissenting opinions that would be written, um, how impactful for they are they uh, for justices that are deciding future cases that might have some commonality? That's a smart question. In law school, they, they teach you uh, when you read the majority opinion, that's the law. But when you read the dissenting opinion, you might be looking into the future at how the law might change. And that's because the composition of courts constantly change. In Ohio, where you and I live, uh, we have an Ohio Supreme Court that is slowly changing. Mm-hmm. We had um, some new justices elected last year and one appointed. Uh, and we now have uh, majority Republicans on that court. And we have some very important um, races on that court this year. Judge, Judge Megan Shanahan and uh, Judge Dan Hawkins are, are likely to be the newcomers. And so the decisions you see from a Supreme Court, whether it's the Ohio Supreme Court or the U.S. Supreme Court, can shift over time depending on who's there. And so when a minority who uh, speak through a dissent um, signals their line of thinking, they could be giving you a window into what the future looks like. That's interesting. It makes me want to go back and read all of those opinions that were written about the Ohio Redistricting Commission when the majority uh, was led by, in my opinion, I'll say this, I won't make you say it, an activist uh, judge who uh, pretends to be a Republican. Uh, But I think in those dissenting opinions, we might see what the appetite is for this Supreme Court. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Um, And uh, some of the Democrat judges on the U.S. Supreme Court who are who could dissent in this case, if another Democrat president is elected and, and there's a Democrat Senate, they could have some new appointments to that bench that would make that minority view the majority view. Although I will say this, there's not a lot of precedent in this case, I think, because it seems like everything is focused on who this person is. The hatred yeah. of Donald Trump is so overwhelming that legal arguments are contorted and slapped together simply for the purpose of trying to stop him from being back in the White House. And uh, Dr. Caleb Smith uh, at Cedarville said, I would be very, very surprised if there is not an opinion issued by the end of February. Uh, If they agree with the Colorado Supreme Court, and I don't think they will, uh, then he would be barred from being elected as president of the United States. Uh, You said at the top, though, that that's likely not going to happen. We've got about two and a half minutes here, and I'm sorry to do this, but I think it's important because a lot of a lot of our listeners, they're on social media just like me, and maybe they step out of the echo chamber and they see they, they read all these other things like there's no way Trump's going to go unscathed. So, you know, I think about Alvin Bragg in New York, uh, Fonnie Willis in Georgia, Jack Smith in D.C. If you could break down in two minutes um, what your thoughts are on all of those cases, some of them seem to be falling apart. What are your thoughts, Mark? They do. Uh, the judge with the strongest anti-Trump attitude, Judge Chutkin in D.C., uh, that case was supposed to start here just in about a month. Uh, but that has been on hold because uh, there's an issue of presidential immunity. We just heard from the D.C. Court of Appeals that so they, they found against uh, former President Trump. But again, with this attitude that's so anti-Trump, unusually, they limited the number of days the Trump team would have to seek appeal remedies before the decision went into effect. That's not done. It's mm. almost never done. Why do they keep changing the rule book? 
because it's Donald Trump. So the D.C. case is slowing down, and it's hard to see it happening anytime in the next several weeks. The Florida case is very slow. This is the classified documents case, uh, and that's slow because there's a lot of uh, security clearances that have to be approved so lawyers can see the documents. It's hard to see that going before mid to late summer. The case in New York, which was a joke that Alvin Bragg has brought, which was a state misuse of federal law. I think that I don't think that's going anywhere. Uh, it probably will go forward, but I can't imagine anything's going to come of it. And then finally, Willis in Georgia. Uh, we now know that the appointment of her boyfriend as special prosecutor has really messed up that case as well. So it's been it's been a bad couple of months for the people who are trying to use lawfare hmm. to take out Donald Trump. I'm really glad that you used that term because I use it on social media. And then, of course, members of the Ohio uh, State House Press Corps come at me and go, what are you talking about, lawfare? That's not a real thing. Um, you said at one point that, that Fonnie Willis might have broken the law. Do you think that there is any accountability uh, available for her or that will play out in that case? Or it would be a separate the case, Georgia obviously. Le- the Georgia legislature has already put together hearings to look at. Bonnie Willis's actions in that case, and there is a provision under Georgia law where she can be removed. I'd like to think that Georgia would do the right thing, because everybody has to follow the law. That includes prosecutors. And going after somebody simply because you don't like the politics is lawfare, and it's wrong. All right. Uh, he's Mark R. Weaver, author of A Wordsmith's Work. Mark, uh, I know our listeners uh, love what you have to say. Uh, tell us in about 30 seconds here how they can follow you and get more of your content. Sure. Uh, on Twitter, at X, it's at Mark R. Weaver, and uh, I often write for uh, Newsweek op-eds. I'll typically post them there. And then, as you mentioned, the book, it's a wordsmith's work on Amazon. talks a lot about communication, a lot about the issues that we talk about on this show. Mark Weaver, thanks for joining us. We always appreciate it. Now get back to watching that Supreme Court hearing and let us know next week how it all, all rolls right. out. <laughs> thank Good you, sir. Day. You as well. Hey, thank you for listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer. Jack Windsor filling in for the Bruce Hooley. And uh, stay tuned because we've got more on the other side of this break. Hey, congratulations on your engagement. You know the first step. You have to find a venue. The Legacy on Possum Run, you need to check it out. You can do that at thelegacyonpossumrun.com. That's thelegacyonpossumrun.com. When you get there, you'll see the three beautifully unique spaces that comprise the venue. You can check the calendar calendar to see what dates are available. Pricing is there, so there's no guesswork. Tons of great reviews. You can ask questions, book a tour. And by the way, the next open house is February 24th. Make sure you sign up for that. So the Legacy on Possum Run at thelegacyonpossumrun.com. Your legacy begins here. All right. I want to welcome in Josh Hilavati. He's running for election to the Ohio House of Representatives to represent District 77. He's on the ballot in the Republican primary, which will be held on March 19th. So uh, just over five and a half weeks away from this day. So, uh, Josh, welcome to the Bruce Woolley Show. How are you today, sir? Wonderful. Uh, doing good. Glad to talk to you. Absolutely. So um, a little bit of who <laughs> who are you and what do you want to do? But looking at your Facebook <laughs> page here, uh, we've got a lot of mutual friends. So you are an Ashland University graduate, correct? Yes, sir. Excellent. Me too. 
um, and then uh, grew up in Jeromesville. So, man, that's my neck of the woods. It's good to talk to a guy from <laughs> from my neck of the woods. Hey, uh, in all seriousness, um, politics is a tough game, and uh, it, it, particularly in this environment. Uh, why are you running, man? So, you know, I think that the real reason, you know, to break it down to like the 30-second version of why I'm running is right now in, in Wayne County, because that District 77 is one of only two districts in the whole entire state that is just compiled by the county lines, right? It's not a mismatch of a couple counties or whatever. And uh, what I see really is what's happening here in Wayne County is that there's a number of people, you know, locally as well as in this race that are running as as my opponents that – they want to see Columbus values brought to, to Wayne County. And I think that the state's going to be better served. I think Wayne County is going to be better served if we bring Wayne County values to Columbus. And I really think that as a state representative for Wayne County, that's what I or whoever wins this seat is supposed to do. Um, and I, I think that that's kind of the crux of, of the reason why I decided to, to jump into this race. And so pardon my ignorance here. Is this the seat then? Uh, or is it a separate seat than what Scott Wiggum has held previously? This is Scott Wiggum's previous seat. So okay. he's turned out and cannot run again, and uh, so it's an open seat. Excellent. So Scott has been a friend of the show in the past. He's been at least willing to provide some input. Um, and by a lot of markers, he's he's considered a conservative. Um, and I'm not trying to speak badly. I don't know about his um, union ties as much, but... Uh, the unions seem to have really permeated the Republican Party. Um, how do you posture yourself? Are you the more conservative on the primary ballot? And uh, if so, uh, what are some of the significant issues um, where you would say, look, I, I, this is why I'm a conservative on this issue? Yeah, I, I would say I'm the conservative that's running in, in Wayne County. You know, I, I would say specifically on the on the, the tax side of things and the spending side of things. Um, I'm the only person in the race who actually has real plans for moving forward about how we cut taxes in the state of Ohio. So, like, the one thing that I've heard over and over again at the doors, I just was out yesterday taking advantage of the good weather, and and the thing I'm hearing is people are really concerned about their property taxes. Yep. And, you know, the, the a lot of – everyone's, you know, so politicians will obviously will say, oh, well, we want to cut your – your property taxes, you know, we want to help your burden, but they don't really have a way to do it. My way to do it is something called a circuit breaker, which has been tried in other states. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it, no. it basically attaches your whatever the number that is ended up being calculated for the amount you owe on your property. It contrasts with your income. So if you are like grandma and grandpa on a fixed income, you won't have to worry about getting kicked out of your house, which I think is is really important. And I, I think away from taxes, the other area I think is 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 the medical freedom side of things, mm. you know, that I think that's been one of the areas where there's just people all over the state and in my race have not been very clear on their position um, about medical freedom and vaccine mandates and mask mandates and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I really think that at the end of the day, if you don't have the ability to decide what goes in and out of your body, you know, like the, the, the most basic level of bodily autonomy, you can't say you have freedom. Um, so that's really important to me. And I think it's really important to Wayne County. I would agree with that. I rang the bell in 2020 forward. Um, and and I, I think there's two sides of this argument. You could say, um, well, if masks and vaccines and certain COVID responses worked, <laughs> then they would have worked. And if they worked, then, you know, you could implement or mandate those things. 
I don't even believe that. But here's the here's the yeah. problem. They didn't work. And data points showed they didn't work. Now, there's a movement. Some people are saying we don't even need conformed or informed consent anymore. If this is a public issue, if, if this is going to harm the public, then we don't need your consent. You just need to comply. That's scary as hell. And so you're going to fight against that, yeah. correct? Absolutely. Awesome. Um, tell me a little bit about where you would stand on some significant issues. Now, these things have already passed, right? There's Hospital 68, which would prevent puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, gender mutilation surgeries for minors. Um, is that something that you would have uh, seen yourself supporting? Or do you think that that type of, quote, gender-affirming care, end quote, is something that's important for our kids to have at their disposal? So I, I come from from a little bit of a biased perspective because uh, Representative Gary Click, who was the you know the head sponsor of HB sixty, is is an endorser of mine. So ah. um, I'm pretty deep in the in the boat um, of I think we need to make sure that we're protecting our kids first and foremost. And if we can't do that on every on every level, especially when it comes to you know uh, taking certain drugs that cannot be reversed. Um, I, I think that we're in a really bad place as a society if we can't accomplish that. So that was that would have been a very easy vote uh, and then a veto vote as well for, for me. So I'm sorry to hamstring you with this, uh, about 45 seconds to answer it. But I like what you're saying about property taxes, the circuit breaker idea. One of the things that we've seen from the Ohio House is uh, slashing income tax. And, and are you a proponent of that or do you think things need to start at property tax or can they both happen? I think they can both happen. I think the fact of the matter is that the that Columbus spends way too much money in the state of Ohio. Um, and I, I would love if as a state representative to go down to Columbus and have every single General Assembly that I'm elected to have less money that we get to divvy up uh, around the state, because I would rather that money stay in the pockets of, of Ohioans all over the state than for it to go and be divvied out by me and by the other 99 state reps and 33 senators. He is Josh Hilavati. He's a Republican uh, competing for your vote in the Republican primary for House Districts uh, 77. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, about 30 seconds here, Josh. Where can people learn more about you and volunteer or financially support your campaign? Sure. So you, they can go to hilavityforohio.com. That's got uh, every everything uh, that you could possibly want. And, you know, I think this, the question you need to ask yourself before going to the polls really is, do you feel like you live in an overwhelmingly Republican state? Because the number of politicians we have elected says that, but I don't think we push policy that correlates to the majority we hold. And that's one of the things that I want to tackle when I get to Columbus is make our Republican majority a reality. Make the Republic great again. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's Halavity, <laughs> H-L-A-V-A-T-Y. Uh, Josh Halavity, thank you for carving time out for us today. We'll have you back. Appreciate it, sir. All right, more. Hour number two is next. Bruce Willis Show. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.